Welcome to a very special episode of the Vatican Briefing. Today, we're featuring an exclusive interview with Sister Janine Gramic, who yesterday, only about 18 hours ago, had a lengthy and emotional one-on-one meeting with Pope Francis. Sister Janine is known across the world for her decades of ministry with, and advocacy for, LGBTQ Catholics. She co-founded the group New Ways Ministry with the late Father Robert Nugent in 1977 and has been a tireless companion on the journey ever since. Her meeting with Francis yesterday, held at the Pope's Vatican residence, represents a stunning and historic moment for her group. In 1999, only 24 years ago, New Ways had been the subject of a notification from the Vatican's powerful doctrinal office, and Sister Janine and Father Robert were barred from any pastoral work with LGBTQ persons. In recent years, however, Sister Janine has struck up a relationship with Francis. The two have exchanged letters. Francis has called her a valiant woman who makes her decisions in prayer. Sister Jean, thank you so much for joining us today and for choosing the Vatican Briefing as a place to talk about your incredible meeting with Francis. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here with you. We're so happy to have you. I wonder maybe a good place to start, if if you could just give us a few details of your meeting. We know from the, the statement New Ways Ministry put out that it was about 50 minutes with you and I think three other New Ways staffers. What was it like to see him in person? What were the first moments like? Well, it was really very exciting. Actually, I think it was like two people who've been pen pals, because we've been exchanging letters for, well, a couple of years now, who pen pals who've across the ocean who have never met each other and then meet. And it, it's just exciting. It's moving. It, it's being with a friend. I really feel like we're good buddies. What was it like when you first saw each other? Was there a smile, a certain moment? or? Oh, yes, of course, a, a, a big smile, uh, well, from both sides. <laughs> and he, uh, we, well, we met in a parlor, and there were chairs arranged in a kind of a circle for me and Frank and Bob and Matt and for Pope Francis. But then I pulled my chair closer to his because I didn't like that or. <laughs> It was a fine arrangement, but not close enough. So, and then we just began to chat. So it was really quite homey, I would say. Could you share a little bit of what you said? I know some of the New Way statement mentioned a couple of issues, but what were some of the words exchanged? Well, we, first of all, I wanted to thank him for all that he's done for LGBT people, for his his statements of welcome, not only for LGBT people, but for all those who are on the margins and oppressed. And in particular, thanking him for some of the wonderful statements he's made for LGBT people. And then bringing greetings to him from LGBT people that I had just even like last week been with in, in New York City, bringing greetings to him from, from LGBT people who love him. And and what else did we talk about? Well, we talked about the programs. He wanted to know about what we are, the, the specific programs that we're doing. And we talked about the Synod, how we've had dialogues with LGBT people for the Synod, about the workshops and that we give for Catholic schools and parishes about the ministry. Basically, some of the things that we've been doing. Sister Janine, it's been quite a, a journey to reach this point. And if you think back on all these, the decades of your work with New Ways and some of the struggles uh, the ministry has had over the years, thinking back to 
being denied authorization as a church ministry by the Washington Archdiocese in 84, the Vatican notification that Josh mentioned in, in 1999, to now a meeting with the Pope. <laughs> how, how do you explain this, and, and how significant is it for you and, and the ministry of New Ways? Well, I explain it really as the working of the Holy Spirit. I think if it hadn't been Pope Francis who was elected, this wouldn't have happened. But I think it's God's working in the church and in the world that God is saying we need to get back to the spirit of Vatican II. The council was about the church in the modern world. And for too long, we have been having that fortress mentality of going backward. But I think Pope Francis is trying to get us to move forward, to look, to open our eyes and look to the future and, and to the changes in the world. And so I attribute this to the work of the Spirit in electing someone like Pope Francis, who really is a man of God. I believe when you look at Pope Francis, when I look at Pope Francis, we see that God is just shining through him. So I attribute this to the work of the Spirit. If we were to, to back up a moment, you said at the beginning that you two were, were old pen pals meeting for the first time. Could you walk us through how you came in contact with him to begin with? How did this years-long correspondence even begin? Well, it's really all due to Frank DiBernardo, our executive director, who had the idea that we should write to Pope Francis and just tell him about New Ways Ministry. And in his letter, the very first letter back in April of 2021, and he talked about me and Father Nugent founding the organization, giving the history. And Pope Francis wrote a very beautiful letter back, like on Vatican stationery with the papal seal. It was really exciting and said some very nice things to us, complimentary things, and closed his letter by saying, like, if I can be of any service, well, that's not the exact words, but I am at your disposal. I think they were the words. I remain at your disposal. He said, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so we wrote again. And then, and I should say at first, Frank and I signed the letters and then I began writing him little notes. And so that, that's how it began. And in the course of it, I guess I said that some media, and, and we kept everything private. We didn't want to uh, do anything without his knowledge and permission. But in the course of it, some media specialists like yourself <laughs> found out that we were had this correspondence. And so I, I wrote and I said that we didn't want to, that someone was going to interview me because it was like my 50 years in this ministry. And they had heard that we were in correspondence, but I didn't want to confirm nor deny <laughs> unless it was okay with him. And he wrote me a letter of congrats. That's how the letter of congratulations came about. And I knew he wouldn't say yes or no, you can do this or you can't do that. So I said, so I will discern what to do. Whereupon I get this letter of congratulations, which said to me, it was okay with him if I made it public that we had this correspondence. So that's how it came about. Uh, and then we, we continued to write. I wrote him about my grandmother because I know his grandmother, Rosa, was very important in his life. And I wrote about my grandmother, who was so happy when she found out I was going to be a sister. 
And I said how she was a very poor woman. She lost her husband when my father was five years old, and she worked to feed and clothe her five children. And so we exchange personal things like that. Beautiful. Beyond your personal interactions with Francis, how, how do you evaluate his attitude towards LGBTQ persons? We were struck in recent weeks by his letter to the five dubia cardinals in which he expressed an openness to, to same-sex blessings. Do you see that as a really significant opening? Oh, of course it is. Very significant. And I know in his heart, he has a warmth and like a wanting to embrace everyone, not just LGBT people, but those who have been shunned by society and the church. But he also, I think, is very wise because he would like the whole church, the whole world to be embracing and peaceful and loving. And in order to have everyone on board, you, like one, needs to work cautiously, that maybe that's not the right word, but slowly to listen. And that's what the Synod is all about. I say to LGBT people, don't expect the Synod to come out with these groundbreaking changes. It's a dialogue session. It's a listening and a, a, a giving section. And that's what the church needs. It, we need to tell people our experiences, our stories, but we need to listen to their experiences and stories. I know one of the dubia cardinals, Cardinal Muller, gave an interview with EWTN, and I read that interview and I thought, well, that was very good. I think he said nothing that was against Pope Francis. I think he's beginning to listen. And we need to listen to those people for whom the old church was very important. And actually, I grew up in the old church, which was very important to me. So I, I, we just need to listen to people's stories. You mentioned the Synod of Bishops, which is ongoing here in Rome until October 29th. What do you think it means that Francis met with you as this synod is ongoing, that he chose this kind of moment when the church is in this moment? Well, I'm not sure he chose the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote to him and I, I, I said, because uh, I know he, he wanted to meet me, and of course I wanted to meet him. And two of our staff people were here uh, in in Rome for the synod, at, you know, as press persons. And so I said, well, I can come over now to see you if this is a good time. I said, now, if you're too busy because it's a synod, I understand, but just let me know. So he let me know. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. You've made time for the moment. As you've been watching the synod, some of what we've been reporting is about the discussions in the room in which stories of LGBTQ Catholics are coming up. I think people are giving testimonies. It's interesting to me that something that even a few years ago maybe wouldn't have been spoken about is now spoken about openly, and there's this attitude of listening, of trying to understand each other's experiences. How do you see this moment in the church being able to do that? Oh, that's very significant, very important. I think how we're able to do that is that Francis has paved the way by having synods, really since what the synod on the the family, the synod on, on youth, he is creating a spirit of dialogue. 
So uh, it, it's not surprising or coincidental that, that these stories are coming up. He has paved the way for us to open our hearts, to speak with each other, and to listen to each other. You're a religious sister, and in 2015, Pope Francis set a new tone for relationships between the U.S. and religious sisters when he yeah. said very specifically to, I believe it was his sister Norma Pimentel, I love you all very much. Yes. What has that been like to have a pope that is so attuned to the work of religious sisters? It, it may be what's wonderful, but could it, and maybe it has something to do with the fact that he's he grew up in a religious community. And that's, I think the important word is community, that he sees the church as a community. And so what it means is that I th to us as women religious is that we feel appreciated. The Vatican in a previous generation of Vatican personnel had investigated all women religious in the United States. It's interesting too to me because I had been under investigation. And then when I changed communities, the, the Sisters of Loreto started getting letters from the Vatican. But those letters ceased when the Vatican announced it was investigating all women religious in the United States. So why bother with this one? We're going to look at all of them because they were all under suspicion. But Pope Francis smoothed the waters. He accepted that the investigation was enough and it was closed. So I think he appreciates the work of religious. And in a religious community, Prayer, religious formation is very important. I, I personally think we have a lot of work to do in seminary formation of diocesan priests. There's a lot of renewal that needs to take place there. Sister Janine, we don't want to take too much of your time, and we really appreciate you being with us. But I'm wondering if, before we go, if we can return to you yesterday meeting the Pope. Okay. I see that in front of you, you have oh, with yes. you some items. I know it's hard on an audio medium, but could you maybe describe what you have? Sure. Before we left, Pope Francis gave us some gifts to to each of us, a beautiful oh, okay. set of rosaries. So um, it looks like a pearl a rosary. Pearl, yes. Yeah. Well, now mine are like white and pearl, and the guys, Frank and Bob and, and Matt, got black ones, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's a little sexism there, but <laughs> anyway, they're just very beautiful. But in addition, they just got rosaries. But in addition, I got a beautiful medallion wow. with the Blessed Mother and the, the infant. infant. Jesus, beautiful. Yes. It looks like a gold just, medallion. Right. Yeah. It's just lovely. So I got teased by some of my coworkers because I said, I'm getting old, so I don't like to get things. I'm giving things away. I don't want people to have to do a lot of work after I'm gone. So they said, who are you going to give these to? I said, no one. <laughs> these are for me. They're going to get buried with me. <laughs> I think our listeners would agree that you've earned those medallions. Sister uh. The other thing he, he gave to each of us, which was wonderful, is a copy of his, it's Gaudete et Exultate, which is his apostolic exaltation, because he quoted in there, and I probably can't find it, but there was a, a passage from Thomas More uh. that he really likes. Oh, here, I just opened it. He says, and then he asked me to read it to everyone. So I'll read it to you. 
he loves this passage. He says he, he prays this. He said, I think he said he pray, prays it every day. Grant me, O Lord, good digestion and also something to digest. Grant me a healthy body and the necessary good humor to maintain it. Grant me, O Lord, a simple soul that knows to treasure all that is good and that doesn't frighten easily at the sight of evil, but rather finds the means to put things back in their place. Grant me, O Lord, a soul that knows not boredom or grumbling, sighs and laments, nor excess of stress because of that obstructing thing called I. Grant me, O Lord, a sense of good humor. Allow me the grace to be able to take a joke and to discover in life a bit of joy and to be able to share it with others. And he says he, he prays this every day, but he especially likes, grant me, O Lord, a sense of good humor. <laughs> he emphasized humor. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so wonderful, Sister Janine. Thank you so much for joining us here. We are so grateful to have had this time with you. And thank you for being on the Vatican Briefing. Oh, thank you for the invitation. It's nice to be with you. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining us on this special episode of the Vatican Briefing. We are so grateful to Sister Janine Gramic for sharing her experience of meeting with Pope Francis. What an incredible treasure. If you've enjoyed this show, please plan to join us each week for our usual episodes, which are focusing now on the discussions at Pope Francis's momentous summit at the Vatican on the future of the Catholic Church. You can find our show notes, with links relevant to today's special episode, at ncronline.org. And please, if you feel so inclined, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or however you listen. Until next time, you've been briefed. Vatican Briefing is a production of National Catholic Reporter. John Grasso is the executive producer. Joshua McElwee and Christopher White are your producers and hosts. The editing was done by David Dalt of Sandberg Media, and music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Check out more great reporting from the National Catholic Reporter at ncronline.org.